Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Now, get ready to spend the next two hours with our three sports-loving ladies, Lauren Brooks, Taylor Dahl, and Mia O'Brien. This is Helmets and Heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. And First Coast Lighting and Fans on 1010XL. That's right. We're going to talk a ton of Super Bowl tonight. It comes up on Sunday evening. You ladies orchestrated the Super Bowl cook-off earlier today. I heard that the food today was better than the food for Thanksgiving. That's what everyone was saying. I, I think it's like the type of stuff that you – because Thanksgiving, obviously, it's the turkeys. It's and the too traditional. Days, like, yeah. There's but vegetables. today was everything like <laughs> – snacky and munchy that you'd want to watch like eat while you were watching a football game and I think for a lot of people they were like this is what I'm talking about because it was just potato skins and chicken wings and all sorts of dips and everything you just want to like snack on throughout mm-hmm. the day everything was the same color it sounds like yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of meat uh to the, yes uh that was what Joe's response was because I sent out the email of like hey, let me know what you guys want to make. Here's the options. And I had run like a rundown of, okay, chili, chili, mac and cheese, this. And he just said, I'm going to make more meat. And I was like, okay. And then came to me and was like, all right, Mia, this on Friday. He's like, all right, Mia, we got too much meat. Like, you, you got to get something else. And I was like, well, I know that Matt and so many others are doing Awaken 180 weight loss. And so what could we do? And I said, well, you know, my specialty is guac. And he said, I can eat guac. And I said, great. That's what we'll do then. So at least a, a little something bit of green, something green. Yeah that's, yeah. that's how I described it. Um, when I was asked about it, I was like, well, at least I provided some sort of veggie. Yeah. Maybe I think possibly. that was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sort of. I think my favorite Super Bowl food is, is a tie between Buffalo chicken dip and that cheesy sausage dip that people mm-hmm. have so in the good. crock pot yeah. the whole time, like warming. Those two things, especially if you get the buffalo chicken dip like on the spicier side, which is yeah. how I like it, like that is perfection. Yeah. That's I mean, when, sorry, go ahead. I was been, I've been workshopping different stuff for Sunday. Like, going oh, back and workshopping. Forth. Mm, We're putting that, a lot of time yeah, and into this. Just because like I, I do love, like to that point, Taylor, I think the Super Bowl spread is so much better than Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I think it may be better than Christmas, dare I say it, just because like it's all the unhealthy stuff that you love, but like it's socially acceptable to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I am such a huge, like, dip girly. Like, I love yeah. all those, like, cheesy dips, the spinach and artichoke, the crab dip, you name it. Yeah. I saw um, a recipe for a pizza dip that looked ooh, yes, fantastic. I did see that on the list. I know. So, yeah, I've been workshopping a couple different options. I saw a healthy option for nachos that I'm debating doing. So, it's sweet potatoes chopped up as your chip. And then um, you would just use no healthy I'm nachos. Go with no, <laughs> ground turkey, ground turkey. I don't because the problem is, is if I'm making all the other stuff that's unhealthy, I'm like yeah. I need something to balance it out mix. here. Make yeah. a salad. Yeah, <laughs> just have a little right? side salad. You could exactly. do the like celery with something cream cheese or yeah, something, and then, and then right. somewhat healthy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it is the only day that I'd rather I feel save like... those calories, though, even if they're like only just peanut butter or cream cheese. Like, I'd rather mm-hmm. put that towards something else. True. It's I, unhealthy. I, it's like the only day where, like you said, it's like acceptable to have pizza and nachos <laughs> and, and, and wings and, wings. and, and chili and yeah, chili and chicken. Like, you never have that kind of a spread, but but that's hey, it's also it's dangerous it because is. every time you sit down, you're like, okay, I'm kind of full, but then you it's like 30 minutes later and you're like, all right, I think I can go for another round here. And it's just because it snacks. So it's just all throughout the game. You're just constantly snacking. Well, and that's, that's the beauty of us strategically, Taylor, planning this on Tuesday 
when yeah. we are both here from early in the morning until 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> yeah. So somebody said to me, they were like, oh, like, we still have food. And I said, oh, yeah, I know. I'm going to go grab some in, during a break and helmets and heels, and that's my dinner. <laughs> because it's it's theirs. Heat it up, and we're ready to go. to go. Absolutely. The one thing I'll say about the nachos is you can't really make them early. Yeah. Like, everything else really you can kind of get done early. Oh, I forgot pigs in a blanket. I oh. also love pigs in a blanket. And jalapeno yeah. poppers, you can kind of yeah, make I love those, those I've been healthy. very on the crockpot kick lately, so... It's already been asked at my house. What will we be crockpotting on Sunday? I love Sunday? it. All right, the Jaguars pick 17th in the NFL draft. Obviously, the Jaguars are not playing in Super Bowl Sunday, but <laughs> hopefully one day. So I've seen a ton of mocks, as I'm sure y'all have, and I think the main three position groups would be offensive line, defensive line, well, four, wide receiver and cornerback mm-hmm. that are, as far as the majority of people mocking different players to the Jaguars. When you pick 17th, of course, there's not going to be just a couple names. It's going to be all over the place. Taylor, I know you do a lot of mock draft stuff for the Bears, but Mm -hmm. as far as the Jaguars are concerned, what position group do you like at 17? Yeah, and obviously I think right now we're saying this without knowing what they do in free agency too, so that can change in a month. But I I personally, I just think you have to on both sides. Trenches in general, I think, are just such a focal point for me. And so I want to lean towards that, um, especially interior-wise, just because it's something that I feel like we need to protect Trevor. We saw uh, four or five injuries last season because the line wasn't able to protect him the way that you need to, and it met the run game died because of it. So many issues that stem from the offensive line, especially, the, like I said, that the interior offensive line. And then defensively, the same thing. Uh, when I was on, when Tommy and I were hosting that second part of the drill last week, we kind of... Yeah, you got to sleep in on that. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not got the quite early, sure how that happened, that, that I had six to eight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we had Eric Eager on, who works for the Sumer Sports. I've talked about them before. And he went into, uh, like, a lot of depth about how important the trenches are in general, but he kind of leaned toward the defensive, the interior defensive line, and how much the Jags need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the lack of pressures, the lack of QB hits, the lack of sacks they were getting from the inside, and just how much better the defense could be up front and how much this could help Trayvon and Josh Allen if there were guys getting pressure from the inside too. So those are two, for me, that's kind of what I'm staring at. I think obviously it changes, and when you're looking at some of the names that – May be there. If there if Roma Dunze somehow in a miracle is there at seventeen, I would be like, take him right away. I'm obsessed with him. He's like who I want the Bears to draft. I think he'll be gone even before the Bears. Yeah, pick. I've seen Rome still sitting there at mm-hmm. seventeen on, on one mock draft. I think it was a CBS sports. I think it was Chris Traprasso. Chris, Chris Traprasso. Mm-hmm. I cannot say his name. Uh but I think for the most part you're right. I, I don't think Rome will still I, be there. Everyone because I don't even know if they'll make it to nine. And that like a lot of people are having the Bears draft neighbors instead because okay. he's already gone even before nine. So I, if he was sitting there, I'd be like, snatch that right away. But I think one of the names that and he went crazy um during the senior bowl, everyone was talking about Jackson Powers Johnson, and he is just he is a game changer when it comes to on that offensive line. So that's definitely a name that sticks out for me. I like Byron Murphy. Um, He's kind of undersized, though, and that's like the one thing that kind of sticks out to me. But what I always hear about with him, Ryan Nielsen, and what he was able to do on the defense, that's kind of the style of guy that he likes when it comes to that, the undersized, but he like kind of gets more out of them. So those two names stick out to me. Um, I know a lot of people, obviously, you want more pass rush on the outside, too. I just think you've got to fix the the trenches. And Mia, obviously, the big question, too, is – do the Jaguars have a second round pick to use uh, or not? Because 
we're still waiting on that information as it relates to Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Taylor, like as far as big guys, you certainly need them, whether you're going to draft a center 17th or not. But at some point you need to add to both offensive line, defensive line. Which way are you going with the 17th pick? Yeah, as of now, I'm going with the, well, first of all, I'm going trade back, um, team trade back 1000%. I think that this team, as we've outlined, has at least four areas that they need to find, maybe not necessarily day one starters, but to start building depth that could play in a pinch. And those four positions are the offensive line, the interior of the defensive line, the corner position, and then the wide receiver position, which again, wide receiver, if you do somehow come to a deal with Calvin Ridley to extend him, you have Christian Kirk coming back, you bring Zay Jones back, you don't have a starter necessarily right there waiting in the wings, but having someone there, as we saw this past off se- this past season, excuse me, when Christian Kirk went down with injury, when Zay Jones went down with injury, is extremely important. And so, and Jamal Agnew, for that matter, went right. down with injury. And yeah. so you couldn't even say that your, you know, your first guy off the bench was available. And so I think that when it comes to of those four positions, because it's a very deep wide receiver draft, it's a very deep offensive line class. And so that's where I think if you could trade back to, I don't know, like I'm actually running through one right now. So like, let's say you you trade back to 24, 25, 26. Now you're opening yourself up to, as much as the Jackson Powers, Johnsons of the world, I think he'll be gone by pick 17 personally. But if he's there, then that changes some things because he showed at the senior bowl he can play guard. I think what you're looking for in those 20s is not necessarily a day one starter, but for a guy, i.e. a Troy Fatanu out of Washington, a Graham Barton out of Duke that has played multiple positions along the offensive line and thus could be your guard. Your left guard, which, I mean, by all accounts, you also haven't re-signed Ezra Cleveland at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll know more about that post-free agency. It feels agency. like that has to happen. The other option is then we know what they're picking. And I know it's like, you know, kind of like drafting a running back in the first round, but, even you know, maybe not as bad to take a guard in the first round. But I think in the 20s, if you're taking a guy like Fatanu, who played at tackle but is projected to play at guard, or a guy like Barton, who has played left tackle and center, oh, and his arms are short enough that everyone thinks he's going to be a guard, I think it's absolutely justified because then you have that person, since I know so many of you listening right now have been clamoring for somebody to push Luke Fortner at the center position. Well, guess what? Then you have somebody who not only he can grow with, but could also push him at that position. And so I think that you need a guy who's going to set the tone for your team. I heard, you know, Denny Thompson was talking about it. I heard Hayes and Frank were debating it even before he came on with you, Lauren. Like, Trent Baalke sat at the podium and said that our offense never had an identity. And part of that is they don't have any mean guys. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about it in such positive terms for so long. of Like, oh, everybody on the team gets along and they're Eagle Scouts and great guys. <laughs> You can have a nice guy who, when he comes to getting on the field, he gets a little nasty. You need more cams. <laughs> like that's right. what you need on the offensive You need line. more cams. And, yeah. and, and that's another question: Is this he back? Cam, yeah. Right. And so that so I'm going offensive line as of now. I think if a Brian Thomas is there, mm-hmm. you can't say no. Um, do I think you could get a Leggett or an Ad Mitchell in the second round, even if you have to trade up for him? Yeah, like I do think that's possible. But I am first and foremost trying to trade back to accumulate more draft capital. You can get a good corner, a good nickel corner in the late second, third round, fourth round, even. And are you trying to take the bulky approach from last year? No, because- <laughs> but that's the thing is I'm not because then I'm going to take the ammo from all the random fifth and sixth round picks and start We're using that to up. move up exactly. Yeah. But I think because to let's bring this full circle. They, in my opinion, they will not be tagging Calvin Ridley. They will be tagging Josh Allen, which mm-hmm. means that Calvin Ridley is a free agent. I don't know about this handshake agreement because Calvin Ridley may get offered $100 million. I know that's a crazy number, but, like, let's just throw it out there. 
by the Carolina Panthers or Washington Commanders who have some of the most cap space available of any team yeah. in the National Football League, and he may say, see ya. Um, so because of that, you're losing number 79. However, you're going to gain, I think it's 90-something by courtesy of Juwan Taylor. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, you have a first, you have a second, and a late third-round pick. And so I just think that you need some more capital there because, uh, as this regime has proven, I'm not really sure you can hit on a starter necessarily in the fourth and fifth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where, to Taylor's point about free agency, it, it may be best to go ahead and get an experienced center yeah. to whether it's start or push Fortner, whatever they end up doing with that, and potentially a guard as well. I mean, it, you have faith, or uh, I shouldn't say faith, you have hope and optimism in Cooper Hodges. And if Ezra Cleveland's here, okay, then really all you're missing is a center. Maybe even if Cam's not here, you've got Anton, you've got Walker. It, there's a lot of depth there that you're you're lacking, yeah. certainly, if there's no Cam, especially if there's no Cleveland. Then you really are trying yeah. to fill multiple positions on the offensive line, and that t- stresses me out if you're now telling me you're going to be In doing the draft, that with rookies. To, yeah. yeah, like that's – I mean, yes, Anton Harrison played excellent at right tackle, mm-hmm. but that's not always going to happen. Yeah. And he not only played excellent, he also played through an injury, which we learned uh, after the season – I also can't rule out a name that I don't think either of you mentioned, and that's FSU edge rusher Jared Verse. Mm-hmm. You need depth at that position in the worst way. Yeah. And it was less exposed this season because Josh and Trayvon were fairly healthy. But if something were to, ha- were to happen to either of them, assuming yeah. Josh is on the team, obviously, uh, then— It would have been a disaster. Yeah, then, I mean, <laughs> you just don't have anybody else. Dewan yeah. Smoot's a great guy. He worked really hard, but he was coming off of an injury— Kalevon Chason is mm. the same player he's always been, and that's not a you know high sack guy. So I wouldn't rule out Jared Verse either. If there is a, a receiver like that and Calvin Ridley's not here, certainly, by all means. Yeah. The one that's intriguing you see all the time is cornerback. I feel like the Jags have drafted a lot of cornerbacks, Mia, so maybe a lot of people are reading into it that they don't like Christian Braswell, Greg Jr., Monteric Brown. Well, so what I read into it is uh, Darius Williams will be 31 this year. So you're probably saying goodbye to him. His age matches his number. And yeah, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't come to an agreement, nor do you. I mean, I would I would hope you know if Tyson Campbell is your cornerback of the future. Um, and you say, hey, he was hurt last year. If you want to do the Josh Allen approach and it's a contract year, sure, maybe you get something done with him done in the off season in terms of an extension. Um, but otherwise, he's not under contract in 2025. Neither is Darius, and neither is Greg Jr., because Mm -hmm. technically he didn't make the initial roster his rookie season last year. So the only corners you would have under contract are Monteric Brown, who I think is great quality depth on the outside. Maybe he becomes a starter after you say goodbye to Darius. I'm not so sure. And Christian Braswell, which I think is very underrated, a very underrated storyline from last year because he was hurt for much of the year. He told me, he's like, I played nickel 75% of the time in college at Temple and Rutgers. So that said to me, okay, we're trying out the Greg Jr. experiment inside for now, which once the lights came on, it didn't look quite as nice as it looked in training camp, and I think he was banged up too. But that said to me, and knowing from staff members how high they are on Braswell, that's the guy they want to develop. And that would be huge to have a six-round pick develop into a starting nickel corner, and then you don't have to pay the Trey Herndons of the world. You don't have to use a high-priority corner you know, draft pick. Um, 
And you don't have to use Antonio Johnson there. Yeah. Correct. Because then you're freeing him up. If you were to say goodbye to Ray Sean, he right. can play his more natural position. Um, and so, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think corner is as pressing a question as many people believe. I think that that entered the conversation because of Ryan Nielsen. Mm-hmm. And and we heard Trent Balky, uh, Coach Trent, tell everybody, it's not that he plays more man. He plays just as much zone. The truth is he plays more press man. Mm-hmm. He has corners that have no issue getting in your face, which as we've seen, Tyson Campbell has lined up as a press man corner at times, but not to the extent that Ryan Nielsen wants his outside guys to be lined up. And we know Darius Williams plays better in his own scheme. And yeah. so, um, yes, do I think Ryan Nielsen will adapt to the personnel? For sure. But that's where I think that that notion came into play. And I also think it came into play a little bit, too, because of how long last year we were talking about, hey, cornerback is a position of need. And there was one that we kind of talked about the last off, the, a lot of the offseason before the draft. And then they wait until the end of the fifth, beginning of the sixth to even get one of them. So a lot of people were concerned about that. And there's questions, obviously, when you have a sixth rounder. Is he going to develop? That's a question mark. And you want to have somebody that you're confident in. And if you can nail that in the first three rounds, it's ideal. Yeah, some people's sixth round picks do work yeah. out. Yeah. Some <laughs> Just not so that. much around here. All right, we will pick our impact players coming up in this Sunday's Super Bowl. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tara Lid on Tintinxelony 2.5 FM. Always a crazy one broke into the stadium and I wrote your number on the 50 yard line. You were always a perfect one and a valedictorian. So under your number, I wrote, Come for a good time. I only wanted to get your attention, but you overlooked me somehow. Besides, you had too many boyfriends to mention And I played my guitar too loud How do you like me now? Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers And First Coast Lighting and Fans on 1010XL Well done, JJ, by far. Love this song. Yeah, I love all Toby Keith, but certainly some of my favorites should have been a cowboy in this one, How Do You Mm -hmm. Like Me Now? I also love a song. I don't know if y'all know this one, When Country Comes to Town. Oh, yes. I love that song. Mm -hmm. So when I first woke up this morning and saw the news, I was just heartbroken because I knew that Toby Keith had been diagnosed with stomach cancer and that he was battling that since 2022. But recently I thought because he had made an appearance and then he was talking about how wonderful his wife had been throughout his journey, I thought things had gotten better Mm -hmm. and things were looking up. And so when I found out that he passed away, it was just so incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah, that song is super nostalgic for me because I I can remember I had just moved back to Jacksonville and my stepdad at the time, like this song just came out and we were obsessed with the song. It was just every time we'd come on the radio, we'd crank it up and it was just our favorite song for that. I think that whole year, like all we would listen to is Toby Keith and that song. So when I heard that one, I was like, oh, memories. Yeah, absolutely. JJ, are you a big Toby Keith fan? I'm a good friend of Toby Keith's. Really? Oh, he hangs yeah. out in Ocala. We, back. we right? met one time at a bar. Oh! Drunk. I, I he doesn't drunk. remember, but I certainly do, and I have a photograph to uh, commemorate them. Oh, all. well, that's. I'm jealous that you got it to meet him. It was badass. It was in like uh, it was in a hole in the wall in Ocala. Well, it, in Ocala, it's not a hole in the wall, yeah. but any other town <laughs> it would the be. The best part. Um, yeah, but uh, he was. 
It, it's a long story, but my friend who's six seven, he had to lie to him and say he was an OU football walk-on oh. from back in the day <laughs> uh, to get a picture because he was only getting photographs with females. So uh-huh. we told his manager, my friend used to play for OU, and he's like, did you tell Toby that? We are like, no, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to him. He's like, come over here. <laughs> so we both got separate pictures. It was so badass and a hilarious story. Yeah, funny. I love that. And I'm surprised because Toby Keith was a big Oklahoma football fan. I was surprised he wasn't oh, yeah. like, no, well, you did not. He was so <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> he, was and oh, like, yeah. he said he was, a, I was like, dude, you, you have to say you're, you know, you can't be a scholarship athlete. Mm-hmm. So you have to be like, I was a walk on <laughs> in this year. And he was like, oh, so you played with, you know, Toby was like, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And he was like, oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> when it was happening, when his manager was like bringing him over to us, because I was just the friend. I didn't have to lie. Sure. And... I was like, all right, here we go. We're either going to get totally embarrassed in front of all these people or we're going to get photos. <laughs> and uh, it turned out we got pics and I a great it. story. Oh, Toby was I, so drunk. He's like, oh, I have peace, your jersey, Toby. actually. <laughs> yeah. I remember you. <laughs> that one time you made that play. But he was gone. He was having I a blast. It. I think that's what, if you don't, if you're not a country fan, if you've never listened to his music, two things to me kind of stand out about Toby Keith. His songs. One, obviously, all the patriotic stuff. Like his songs, I think can certainly unify. And if you're feeling in a in a very patriotic way, like listen to some Toby Keith songs. And then beer and drinking, yeah. like those for sure. I love this bar. I love this bar. So we <laughs> yeah. talk about nostalgic. My senior year of college, I don't know how we found this place. It was a hole in the wall in Gainesville. But my friend and I discovered <clears throat> that there was this bar that served beer and wine. But they did not serve liquor, so you were allowed to bring your own liquor drinks oh into the bar, and then they would have karaoke, and they'd have themed karaoke That's nights. Badass. It yeah, was. So we would go to the car and like pour a vodka drink, and walk in the, in the bar with our cups. Sing karaoke. Sing karaoke. Like One I remember for sure was like pajama-themed karaoke, and it was all older people. There were not college students in this mm-hmm. bar. But my friend and I, and then they'd always play Toby Keith's I Love This Bar to like close the night and we'd all sing at the top of our lungs, (laughs) us and all the like, you know, older people at the time. And it was an absolute blast. So yeah. Love it. Speaking of older people and bars, Mm -hmm. I I had a really old person moment this weekend where me and my wife were like out at the beach bars and just, you know, doing our thing in the afternoon-ish, mm-hmm. evening-ish. So it was her- more of a day drinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we were about to go home and it's like six o'clock and her friend's like, hey, we're going to Pete's. Meet us there. And we're like, all right. Was this Saturday? Dude. <laughs> so it we show Pete's up and it was birthday. like, oh, this is a thing. <laughs> it was Pete's 90th, 90th birthday. birthday. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, we were there for like an hour, uh, like one drink. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like with, there's so many people, everyone's on top of each other. And it's like, this isn't fun. This is not fun for 33 year old JJ. I'm over it. I need to sit down somewhere. (laughs) I need a chair. Yeah, I need a bar I can understand that. So we talked about biking from our house to Pete's for the 90th birthday, but it was such a, like just beautiful day. I was just sitting outside and enjoying the weather, and, I'll, and it was oh, windy. it got cold. Yeah, it was a little windy for a bike ride, so we decided not to go. But I, did. I, I figured it would be absolutely 
crazy there because yes, it is an idea. I was like, they she should have told us down. that it was like yeah, yes. a street party. <laughs> They're shutting us it like yeah. the whole thing down. Full, yeah. Not hey, just meet us at Pete's. But I will say, JJ, like so growing up here, I used to go to Pete's when I was younger, and it was always an older bar, mm-hmm. so we were always the younger people in it. It's well, that has so completely much. changed. Once they did the outside, mm-hmm. now it's like 21-year-old so city. Old walking yes. In there now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now we don't go at night. It's like, <laughs> nope, we're way too old for this, which is crazy because, like I said, it was never like that before. I know, and that's what, because the last time I went, I was like looking around, I'm like, this is not the pizza I used to know. <laughs> it's certainly not. Yeah, I certainly felt like one of the younger folks or older folks <laughs> yeah. in there. I can understand that. Uh, but again, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding super pessimistic but that's gonna happen to you more and more yes (laughs) this is just the beginning (laughs) we have to look forward to i mean hey i can speak from experience over here all right let's get it to the super bowl we are gonna pick our impact players taylor i'll start with you on offense who you got um okay so offensively i'm going christian mccaffrey um and i was trying to decide if i'm doing my reverse jinx or not but i'm not i'm just going to go with um who I like and who I feel should be this. So offensively, I'm saying Christian McCaffrey. I think that the Chiefs' pass defense, um, one of especially later in the season, one of the top in the league, I think top five in EPA per play, almost every category. Uh, but run defense, not so much. More 28th in the league in a lot of those categories that I was reading. So I do think that they're going to run the ball a ton. And just in addition, everything that Christian McCaffrey can do on the football field, he can just be used in so many ways. So I'm going CMC. All right, CMC for Taylor. Who you got on offense, Mia? I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Just because we saw what this Niners offense looks like without him, you could say, hey, that Packers game was a testament to they got over that hump. Um, But I'm not so sure going up against an elite group of corners that the – San Francisco or the Kansas City Chiefs have. Um, I, I know, with all due respect to the Green Bay Packers, not that Taylor's concerned about hurting anybody's feelings up there. Um, <laughs> Hurt them. When you go through mock drafts, <laughs> when you listen to people in Green Bay, they will tell you corner is like the number one position that they need to target in the draft. And mm-hmm. so a comeback against a team that their secondary is perhaps their biggest weakness, a step in the right direction. But I just think this offense operates on a completely different level when Debo Samuel is playing. I'm going to go with the other running back in the game. That would be Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco. This season, he averaged three yards rushing after contact. Three yards after contact is what he averaged. So I think that's going to come up important in the San Francisco defensive line is Mm -hmm. not as good up the middle as they are uh, out on the edge. JJ, who you got on offense? I usually pick someone that has like something to prove, you know, being doubted the week before or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to go with Brock. I okay. mean, he's Brock. been doubted this entire time. Imagine if he beats Patrick Mahomes oh and wins the Super Bowl. Be crazy. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. Uh, if if we're going pick. with both teams, uh, I'll pick one for Kansas City, Valdez Scantling. Okay. Just because he's been the GOAT and mm-hmm. by like, you know when goat used to mean, which mm-hmm. is like the crappy guy, uh, <laughs> the whole season basically for big drops and just miscues, had a huge reception against the Ravens. So mm-hmm. I think he could, you know, get a touchdown and change his entire season around. All right, and let's go to the defensive side, Taylor. Who you got? I am going to go. I'm going to go Dre Greenlaw. Um, okay. He had a couple picks this postseason, and I think that. 
when you go back and you look at Mahomes, he first of all, he hasn't thrown an interception since December 25th, but he had a stretch during that time of four games where he four straight games where he threw interceptions. They lost three of those four games during those moments. So I, I feel like um, during those uh, situations where he did th- throw picks. So I'm going to say, even though he hasn't been like that all season, he's feeling hot. He's coming off a couple picks. And uh, he's, I feel like they're going to need to if they want to pick, if they want to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, Mia. See, my thing is I was going to go with Trent McDuffie, and I still may, but LeJarius Sneed had yeah. such a massive AFC championship game, and he's in line for quite a bit of money this yeah. offseason, even if the Chiefs probably use the tag if I had to guess. Um, but also he wasn't at media day last night for personal reasons, which mm. all that was reported was it's personal but it's positive. So yeah. it's like just oh. say if his girlfriend, wife, fiance is having a child like like like, let's just like come out and say that I understand HIPAA and all that yeah um so yeah so I'm kind of worried um because I don't know if it's that because if it is which I think it is Mm -hmm. you have even more fire the baby bump (laughs) it's the baby bump it's it's proven so you know what yes let me go Legereus Sneed baby bump or not because um I think he is in line for quite a bit of money this offseason and how who would have thought he was a a day two day three pick by the Chiefs and look what he's blossomed into uh, here we go. I love Google. Uh, I love the I internet. Love Google. In photos posted on Instagram by Bella Wu, Legereus Sneed's girlfriend, the couple appeared to be at a Kansas City hospital for the delivery of oh. Sneed's second hey, child. There you He's go. also the father of a six-year-old son of a previous relationship. I knew there was no way that this could stay a secret yeah, if it no was for personal reasons. Yeah. Like, know, personal reasons positive. may stay secret, but not right. if it's a positive personal right, reason. Right, exactly. But then again, the, the Kadarius Tony personal reasons were not considered were positive. Not positive. <laughs> right, no, but then it was the birth of his child in addition to being disgruntled with the team. Yeah, in addition. <laughs> and just not um, playing very well and getting benched. Yes. <laughs> so you are going with legit. I'm going Sneed. with Sneed. Sneed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to go with Chiefs defensive end, so I'm taking two Chiefs players because I think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, unfortunately for me, because uh, I don't want them to win. But George Karloftis, ten oh. and a half sacks, and he's had two and a half sacks just in the postseason. I think if he can get after Purdy, I mean, that's obvious. Anyone who can yeah. get after a quarterback. And obviously they have to contain Purdy. He showed he can use his legs. But I'm going to go with George Karloftis. And JJ, who you got? Uh, Bosa. I okay. think Mahomes has only been sacked like two or three times this entire playoffs. So if, you know, that's the key, obviously. If you can sack Mahomes, which is seemingly impossible, you might have a chance to win. I do get the sense that we are in for a really good game. I hope. I mean, but yeah, you say that. Like, I thought Chiefs-Ravens was going to be this incredible game, and the first half was fun, and then the second half was pretty boring. (laughs) Yeah, and then, for instance, Packers 49ers and Lions 49ers, I didn't necessarily, going into either of those games, think they were going to be good at all. I thought the 49ers would run away with it, and that didn't happen, Mm -hmm. so... I've been wrong. I, I hope, though, that this one, I hope we're talking about an instant classic and, you know. Last year was pretty damn me. good. Yeah. Last year was, was really good. good. I mm-hmm. think the Rams one was good, too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, because the Rams were up. The last 25 years, we've really been blessed because apparently before that, like, I don't have too many sports memories before, like, 1996. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, around then and before that, apparently they all sucked. Yeah. And, and I, then my whole life, pretty much like 2000 onwards. Outside of the Seahawks they're all, romping Yeah, of course the there's some bad yeah. blowouts, yeah. but mostly then, like, they're good. The yeah. Bucks, what was that final? Bucks like, Raiders was, was a, really bad. Yeah. And Huge then the one blowout. recently was just like 13 to 
three oh, or something. Oh, the Bucks that versus one. Yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. When it, that one was like, oh, we're There's expecting. There's been a couple defensive games because it wasn't one of the Patriots ones was a low one. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? Patriots Rams was one yeah. of the really yeah. bad ones. Yeah, that was ugly. But, but for yeah. the most part, we've been we've had really good Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the score was last year, it was like 38, 35, or thirty-eight, thirty-four, yeah. something like that. Like I, I could see that again. Yeah, me too. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, when we come back, Taylor will take us around the NFL. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyrant Lid on Touchdown XL on two point five FM. So sad to say, the great Toby Keith passed away last night at the age of 62 after valiantly battling stomach cancer. I know I speak for so many people when I say cancer sucks. Yeah, Cancer absolutely 100% sucks, uh, but certainly we wanted to pay tribute to Toby Keith and his fantastic music. This is When Country Comes to Town, which I just referenced. One of my favorite Toby Keith songs. I have accepted um, because we have this weird copyright thing with YouTube, even yeah. though we've gone to them and said, hey, we have the rights to play all this music, like both on the air and on digital. Um, they still like to sometimes block our live shows. For those of you who are going to be trying to play any shows from 1010XL <laughs> today on demand, there's a good bet that they probably all get blocked because we've uh. been just cranking the Toby Keith, I feel like, across the board. That we have. We're all going to get blocked. Yeah, but as we should have, you know. I I mean, I absolutely, yeah, I loved his music. or I still love his music, and uh, I'm sad for his family. All right, Taylor, what you got for us? Uh, I figured we'd continue on with some Super Bowl stuff since we are uh, just days away now. Yes, until the Super Bowl. Finally. So once we get to this time of year and right before the Super Bowl, this is when all the prop bets start coming out and you're talking about, you know, they have the fun ones, but then there's just the full on end game ones. Um, so I was just going to go through some of these and see what how you feel about some of these like posit per like player prop bets specifically. We'll start with those. Um, so for Patrick Mahomes, we'll start there. And they have for his passing yards over under two sixty two and a half. I would go over. What is it? 262 and a half. Yeah, I'd go over. I think I would too. Yeah, I think if there's a deficiency for the Niners, although Charvarius Ward is at a Pro Bowl caliber year, like mm-hmm. that secondary, it's a little mm, a little shaky. I feel like we're going to see, it, like you said, more of a score similar to last year, and because of that, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of passing yards. Um, and so passing touchdowns, they just have one and a half. By the way, Patrick real quick, yep. since I've got it in front of me, uh, the Super Bowls that he's competed in already, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, he's thrown for 286, 270, and shockingly last year, only 182. Wow. Did he How run a lot last possible? year? Pacheco ran a lot last year, if memory serves me. I mean, I know obviously that was the difference in their Super Bowl run yeah. was that they didn't have a run game for the first half of the season and they discovered Pacheco on their roster and they were like, oh my God, here we go. We can run the ball again and that can open up things play action-wise. And he did have three touch, three passing touchdowns okay. Mahomes did last season. He was 21 of 27 for just 182 oh yards. Pacheco had 76 yards. but And Jalen Hurts threw for 304 yards, but he only had the one passing touchdown, but he did have the three rushing touchdowns. So, yeah. so It's so crazy going. how those that shows the yardage, the – the weirdness that we put 
that quarterbacks have to throw X amount of yards to be able to do anything. Nope. <laughs> you just, just have to be efficient, and, and when, especially efficient in the red zone. Yes. And as we always bring things back to and the when Jaguars. You're 21 for 27. Yeah. You're efficient, yeah. really good completion percentage, and also you're efficient in the red zone. That's the that's certainly a, a big key, and, and that's one area the Jaguars struggled uh, of many. All right, keep going, yes. Taylor. Uh, we'll go over for the same thing, so passing yards, but for Brock, his is at 246 and a half. I'll still say over. I'm going to say under. Under? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly I just curious because I didn't even look at this of what his, uh, during this postseason. There's a world there. in which, sorry to cut you off, but okay. there's a world in which the Niners get an early lead and then they just run McCaffrey. I yeah, truly believe that that's, that's, I a, could see possible. that's a possibility. The problem is the Chiefs score on their opening touchdown yeah. virtually. Oh, they've done an eight straight postseason yeah. games, so it's it's so hard to stop that. And then that right behind, or you immediately fall right behind. But they went through that stretch. I mean, granted, this was when they were losing games in November and December mm-hmm. where they didn't score on the first drive. I think it was like five or six straight games. So yes. it has happened this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They that just know have... the postseason they're going to turn right, it on. All of a sudden they turn it on. I and wonder if that was the same stretch where he turned the ball over four times too. Probably. That seemed like a bad stretch. <laughs> uh, so Purdy, the last two postseason games, mm-hmm. 252 yards, okay. 267 yards. So both, over. So both of those are over. Yeah. Um, so your guy, your player for this week, uh, Lauren, your impact player, Pacheco, mm-hmm. rushing yards, 67 and a half. I'm going to say over. How much? 67? 67 and a half. Over. Yeah. Over. I'd say over, too. For sure. I, I definitely think, especially with how he's been playing recently, because they even have they have rushing temp, attempts on here, 15 and a half. But when you're talking about the number that you said where he's getting three yards, a- averaging three after Re- contact. Averaging three <laughs> rushing yards after contact. I feel like that can add up pretty quickly. Like, Etienne averaged, like, just over three yards per carry this season. And yeah. this guy's averaging three yards. After <laughs> After getting contact, hit. yeah. yeah. Uh, Etienne this season alone averaged, well, no, his, I only have his entire career. That's 4.4. But, oh, this season 3.8. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, just a little bit over that. Right at that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, they have him at for his rushing yards 91 and a half and 33 and a half receiving yards is what they have. I'll go under on rushing and receiving. I will go over on receiving, under on rushing. I was about to say the same thing. I feel like we will, just because I feel like they always do that type of stuff, like that, just the fun stuff with Christian McCaffrey. So, but I do feel like he's going to run the ball a ton. Like I said, I think that they'll have to do that this game to kind of open up some other things. Um, but so that'll be a fun one to watch too. So Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey, let's say receiving. Who's that? I have never heard of him. <laughs> Did you see his quote today? Somebody asked him. They were like, <sighs> you know, how do you deal with all this, like all this off the field celebrity? And he just said. Buckle up, boys. And then they just started laughing. And then he was like, look, why would I complain? I live the best life right now. And I was like, you know what? Thank you for that. Like, I'm glad that at least, like, he's just like, I'm living my I'm living yeah. my best life. He's having fun out there. Right. How did you guys feel, by the way? I don't even think we talked about this with the whole Justin Tucker and them tossing his thing. Oh. And then since there, there's been comments where, like, both Kelsey brothers have kind of gone after Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> I mean, leave the kicker alone. I know. Here's the thing: like I've heard from multiple current and former players that Travis Kelsey has been talking smack during games and during pregame mm-hmm. since he entered the league in what was it, 2014, 2013, when he first came into the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And he didn't really emerge on the scene until like 2016, and he was still talking smack even yeah. before that. So that's where it's not a surprise just him for He's me. Just kind of a punk. the scenario yeah. itself was just so fascinating because 
it was quite literally that scene on the playground in which he's the henchman for the popular kid <laughs> in Patrick Mahomes, and he's like, "Hey, man, make room for so and so." Like you know, like that. That was the part that I was like, You're "Are we saying Kelsey?" Yes, being that yeah, yeah. that he was like the henchman mm-hmm. for Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, "Are we like five? Doesn't Tucker's like we? D- I do this every game. What are you? This is where Patrick warms up. I haven't seen anyone ask this question. Why wasn't Travis Kelsey at the Grammys since Taylor because was there and winning Super Bowl and probably just the Prosecco? But you don't have to be in Vegas until well, they flew in Sunday night. They did, but like LA to Vegas is close. He totally could yeah. have been in LA for Private the Grammys. Jet, real then, quick, I think it like <laughs> yeah. speaks like, to just like shocks the, me right. that she's been all this talk about she's been there for him all yeah. season, and then she wins a massive like award. One and he's big not night. there. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't did even use, show up. That I mean, would have been on. a huge controversy. Correct. Oh, it it would have been. been. He's that not would, locked uh, in on the game. Yeah, like that would have been. PR Instead, we have the 49ers complaining about their field being too soft. Right. No, I think that if Travis Kelsey had gone, it would have been. He's not locked in on the game, and this, that, and the other. To his credit, during their bye week and during their um, Thursday night when they had a four five day weekend, mm-hmm. he did spend time with her because that was off time. So off time he has been, but public perception, PR, whoever's doing the PR for him, just saying if she can go from Japan all the way to <laughs> Vegas back to wherever her next stop is, she also has a private just jet. Go so. LA to Vegas and back. I wonder I'm if he saying. like Facetime someone at least, <laughs> like let me pretend I'm there. And she he said a- he's listened to some of the new album, but he can't reveal anything. So okay. he's heard some of the new tracks. Okay. So you think he has to act like he enjoys the music? I know. <laughs> no, he does though. That was the whole no, thing. He does. Jay. He does not. That was the whole thing. He was like at the concert at Arrowhead. And he but like, yeah, if my wife sang, I'd be like, baby, you rock. <laughs> right. Like, you Especially know if my she wife texted me money. today when I was like. I didn't win the chili <laughs> contest, which there is some controversy about that, by the way. I don't oh. want to get into it. Uh, some people didn't enjoy the noodles. I get that. Um, but anyway. But we were judging the chili. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she I said, liked your chili, JJ. I said, um, she goes, ah, I know yours is better, boo. Like that's, that's supportive. That's what you need. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. I would definitely be at that concert, no matter how heinous the music was, just being like, Blake, you do your thing, girl. <laughs> but girl. Yes. you understand the PR side of it, JJ, that you like for him on the night that his team is flying in for the Super Bowl, for him to have gone to the Grammys. That would have been terrible. Right. Exactly. I don't know if it would have been that big of a... I mean, it would have oh, been a would have been We're talking about all week, yeah. and imagine if they lose. Yeah, that's right. what I was about to say. If he or ends he up having a bad game, game, he has a drop, yeah. like, Tony like, well, Romo would be talking about it. Oh, you know? it's because he was with his wife? Jim, I don't know. Maybe you should have went to the Grammys, Jim. <laughs> but if he had, like... <laughs> that's a good Romo. <laughs> we practice on primetime a lot. But if he had, like, 200 uh, yards, they'd be like, oh... Taylor's Grammy gave him good luck yes. to get to the game. But They're I both the bringing negative, home hardware. The negative outweighs been worse. the positive. Yeah, for I, sure. By the way, I have stayed away from talking about Taylor Swift on Homeless and Heels because I this whole season because I feel like that's what people would have expected an all-female yes. show to do is yes. just to hammer the Taylor. point home. So I've stayed away from it, but now that it's in our face, literally. <laughs> we have to talk about it. Yeah, but Roger I will Goodell say. Roger had to answer a question exactly, about it Exactly. Exactly. Some of the questions that he gets asked are silly, but uh, I will say she, I, I'm not the biggest fan of her music necessarily. It's, it's not my genre. I'm not a big pop fan, but her sing, standing up and singing along to Fast Car when mm-hmm. Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs performed it, performed it at the Grammys really impressed me. Mm-hmm. There was a country singer who was sitting down, who was smiling, but not singing at all to the words who I love and respect. And I was very disappointed in her, Lainey Wilson. And I'm not, maybe she knows the words, but I thought 
anytime you know you're on camera on an award show, if you know the words, you have mm-hmm. to sing. All, that's like yeah. what required. Song? Fast, Fast car. car. Oh, better I, I yet, Lainey she toured knows the with words. yeah. Like that's the other correct. Like, yeah. She and maybe she knew the words, and maybe she just was smiling because she didn't want the attention on herself. I don't know. But maybe everyone she else, hates like yeah. Jelly, <laughs> Jelly Roll, they panned to him. He was singing the words. They panned to Taylor Swift. She was standing up singing the words. Like not everyone that's what is I like expect. us, though. Like we are mouthing the words if we know the song. No <laughs> right. Matter what. I think part of it that's too. How, you should be. <laughs> how I interpreted it was like I don't know where Lainey's table was, but Jelly Roll's table was in the further in the back. So, like, he could stand up, and he wasn't blocking anybody. Taylor's table was, like, dead center in the front, and she didn't care if she, she was, was blocking anybody. She stood up, and she clapped, because it's like, who's going to tell Taylor Swift to sit, sit down? down? Excuse I me, mean, Taylor. Maybe Lady Wilson blocking was afraid. Right. Maybe Lady Wilson was afraid somebody was going to tell her to sit down. For the record, people have asked me to sit down at <laughs> concerts, and I have not. I've done it, but I have not been happy about it, no. because I feel like you should stand every second of a concert. I don't mm-hmm. care, even if it's a slow Sad song. You still stand. I mean, people are like that at sporting events, too. There's people that'll tell your ass to sit down. I know. At a football game. When you're supposed to be loud. But only it's only ever the opposing fan, by the way. Yeah. I've never been told to sit down by, like, a fellow fan of whatever team I'm mm-hmm. there supporting. It's always just like, hey, I'm upset. I don't want to have to stand because this jackass in front of me <laughs> with a Jim Kelly jersey <laughs> Is standing the whole game. <laughs> Jim Kelly jersey. That was very specific. Yes. I, and I, I felt like, like this was a moment. <laughs> this has been coming. All right, do you have more prop bets? So I'll, we'll do the final one because we okay. were talking about Kelsey, but his was uh, receiving yard 71 and a half. I'll go over. Over for that Over, one. yeah. Yeah. Over. I mean, he's just such an important piece of their offense. Yeah. And whether I like him or not has nothing to do with how talented he is and how he finds the hole in the zone yeah. every single game. He wasn't as wide open this past game, I feel like, as he normally is. But usually you look up and there's no one around him. It's like, how yeah. do you how do he was number 87? It doesn't word, make sense. He's the best player on their team in the words besides of I, Mahomes. In the words of Ian Eagle. He just finds a blank blank space. <laughs> ah, yes. Every single time. And especially time. since he was not at the Grammys, he had a full week to really focus <laughs> Really focus. find that blank space. <laughs> I'm glad you brought blank space up. Really quick, funny story. So I was watching. We went to watch live music. Shout out to Cumberland, the local country band that I love. Uh, played Friday night at the local. And so Saturday I got up to watch gymnastics. I didn't watch it live. Florida gymnastics. So then one of the Florida gymnasts was on beam and she was doing her routine to blank space. but. All I knew was that it was a Taylor Swift song, and I don't know enough of the lyrics that when it went off, it got stuck in my head, but I couldn't sing the lyrics to get to, like, figure out what song it was. I had the wrong lyrics in my head because, again, I don't listen to her music that often. It took me until yesterday. We're at the players at the clubhouse, and I was like, Hayes, I need some help. And I just hummed the song, and he was like, blank space. And I was like, great job. I was so impressed. And he saved me from having that song stuck in my head. without knowing the noted Swifty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got more to do when we come back. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tarot Lit on 10 to next on 2.5 FM. He never hung his hat up at Kitty's place. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll. Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. And First Coast Lighting and Fans on 1010XL. Oh, 
little more Toby Keith for you on this Tuesday night. Me, O'Brien, Taylor Dahl, J.J. Silva, I'm Lauren Brooks. We're hanging out with you until 8 o'clock, so one more hour. If you missed it, uh, Toby Keith passed away last night after a long battle with stomach cancer. But his music will live on in the hearts of all of us and certainly the airwaves. I was listening to a lot of his music today. Just had to, you know, pay pay my respect. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like the one like really cool part, this may sound a little morbid, I don't mean it to, but the cool part if your spouse who passes away was an actor or a musician, you always have a ton of video like footage of mm-hmm. them. You know, like mm-hmm. not all of us have like video footage of our loved yeah, ones right. all the time, but like they have so much that they can go yeah. back and watch when they miss Listen them. to the voice and yeah. yeah. Heck, JJ's got a picture of Toby Keith <laughs> to look Absolutely back at. right. I haven't seen that picture BFFs. yet. <laughs> I got to go find it, honestly. Yeah. Somewhere on like an old Facebook, I'm sure. Because what year do you think that was? 2013, 14-ish. Okay. So yeah, like yeah. 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was around the time I met Toby Keith as well, so. When I was working at the, at the CMAs? Yeah, the Academy of Country Music. So and he ACMs, was, that's right. Yeah, he was actually the uh the Monday night. They always would do a taped special. And so they did a taped America like you know, America Patriotic and Toby Keith was the headliner and the host. And it was it was a spectacle, to say the least. <laughs> it was it was interesting. But very nice guy. But yeah. I was say, how was he in person? Uh intense. Was he drunk? <laughs> no, but he had been drinking. Solid question. It was, um, it was a very intense. Uh, he gave a speech after the show, and um, I remember my boss was just like, "Okay, we could take you back to your hotel room now," because it was like very patriotic, but like borderline, oh, like yeah. just like spewing, pushing some buttons. A little yeah, bit. It, it was just like one of those where I was like, "Oh, like is he gonna run for president, or like is, is he gonna like lead like people with pitchforks down the, the strip right now in Las Vegas?" Like I was like, "I don't really know what to do right now." So, but yeah, very nice guy. So <laughs> I was nice chilling with intense. Florida Georgia Line, you know, drinking some Coca Colas and. And walks Toby Keith and uh, turned into a nice little performance of sorts. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. One of my friends went to high school with Brian Kelly from Florida Georgia mm-hmm. Line because he's from that uh, area. What is it? I'm blanking. Ormond Beach. There we go. Yeah. All I could think of was Orange Beach. So yeah, like, down that's, by that's uh, Alabama. Which McCall? Yeah, Ormond Beach. By and New then Smyrna. the other one, Tyler Hubbard, is from Georgia, hence the whole Florida, Florida Georgia, Georgia Line thing. Right. Yeah. But they seem super nice. Yeah, they were awesome. Like to the point that like. I had to like stop for a second and be like, oh my God, like I'm just sitting here like sipping a soda with Florida Georgia Line, like as their hold, like their, um, what do they call it? The handler until yes. they could go in for oh, their yeah. performance. So I was just like sitting there, just chilling with them. So a lot of, a lot of crazy stories like that, that I have to look back on and I'm like, I was 21 years old. I didn't know any better. <laughs> did you want to work in country music? Is that why you did the internship there? No, it was like a total like, hey, let me take a break from sports endeavor. Um, I was very fortunate that there was a, um, long-standing history, and by long-standing, I mean four-year history of Ithaca students um, who had gone on to intern there, partially because one of those interns became the number two in the multimedia department at the ACMs. That makes sense. Uh, shout out Lauren Broccoli. And so Lauren just continued to employ more Ithaca interns. And uh, and so her brother was one of my very good friends, and so was able to secure the internship. There were like, you know, 100 kids from, and even from Ithaca, there were like 20 kids that applied. And but yeah, and so then what I had the, I had a moment though to bring it back to sports. So the show was the first weekend in April, right? So the internship is January to May. And it was probably like the third week of April. And I'm sitting at my desk and I knew it wasn't kosher to like be on sports Twitter 
or to be doing my fantasy baseball league while I'm in the office. And I got to a point where like I was almost like twitching because I like wanted to look at Twitter. I wanted to look at whatever the sports news was that day. I wanted to look at the baseball scores. And of course, it's West Coast, you know, Pacific time. Mm -hmm. So you're three hours behind. So games had already started. And I like went to my boss and I was like, Lisa, can I go on Twitter? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I was like, "Okay, thank you. Because and that was like a moment for me where I was like, Okay, this has been a very fun four month excursion, but like clearly, this I, is not it. <laughs> I need to be working in sports and like have scores and yeah. tweets and things accessible at all times. So yeah, but it was it was a nice little five month foray into the into the industry. I remember when I, by the way, they're showing Chiefs versus Jaguars. Thanks of a lot. Course. Um, I remember before I worked in sports, and but I always I love sports. But I remember working in a different job, just a normal like nine to five, typical corporate type mm-hmm. of job. And what would get me is, yeah, like so many different things would be happening, whether it's free agency or whatnot. And like you don't get to figure out anything that's happened until yeah. the end of the day because you're supposed to be doing actual work. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that was a Twitter started what, like 2009? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You, I mean, occasionally I would do, especially during March Madness, I would, they would have this option where like there's the boss button. So you'd be watching the game, and then if your boss happened to be oh. anywhere near, which I had my own office and my computer faced me away from the, so like you had to walk around my mm-hmm. desk to actually so see what minimize. I was looking. So I could easily, but I'd just click the boss button. It would mute it and minimize it at the same time Ooh. so that you didn't have to do two different things at once. Like, so you couldn't get, yes, was, <laughs> they were very sneaky. And I was like, man, and then like for me though, the players not getting to go to every day of the players was oh, yeah. something that was so difficult. Like, no, that's where yeah. I belong. And so, yeah, working in sports, so much more fun. All right, let's talk a little college basketball. I'm sure this will bleed into the next segment, Mia. But uh, certainly a disappointing loss for Florida. Yeah. Uh, but, to, you know, Texas A&M. But more over than that, because Florida's not in the top 10, uh, we saw several top 10 teams uh, meet with disappointing results this yeah, past weekend. Yeah, well, and last night, I went to bed or I shut the TV off, one or the other, and Kansas was up 11 over Kansas State. And I was like, all right, this game's over. Flip the channel, shut it off. And then Coach Campo comes in this morning and he's like huffing and puffing about Kansas. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, Mia, they lost in overtime. They lost again. I don't know who they are. And I was just <laughs> like, I, I didn't even look this morning because – you like, thought it was done. I legit thought the game was in hand. There was like eight <laughs> minutes left. They were up 11. I was like, oh, the game's over. Like, who cares? Um, yeah, no, nope. They ended up losing. And that was after they thumped then number four Houston at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday night. And so, look, like, there, there's a lot of teams that, especially in the Big 12, because there is so much parity. We're still learning about them even in early February. But to your point, Lauren, we had four top 10, not top 25, four top 10 matchups on Saturday night alone, plus a couple other top 25 matchups too. And College basketball was like, hey, pay attention to us. Yeah. It was uh, there's no football. <laughs> Who please. wants to watch the senior bowl or the pro bowl? <laughs> yeah, um, please watch so, us. Yeah, actually, so it was, sorry, my bad. It was three top 10, and the fourth was Iowa State-Baylor, which was a crazy game. Um, Scott Drew, um, who, of course, was Matthew Driscoll, the head coach at UNF's mentor, who I don't think he, like, has ever yelled at an official in, like, 35 <laughs> years as a at, on the bench. Um literally just like knelt and he like stepped slightly out of the coach's box and they teed him up and he's like he literally just went okay and like walks away and like even the announcers are like 
he literally took one step out out of the box. Like John Calipari, Rick Patino, like they're right. out here running onto yeah. the court. And Scott Drew was like, okay. And then he just like moseyed off to the side. And then a player got teed up. So that one was that was a crazy game. Um, but yes, the, the the three big ones: Houston, Kansas, which I alluded to earlier, Duke, North Carolina, and then Tennessee, Kentucky. Kentucky now loses to Florida on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. L- absolutely got routed. I mean, the final score, in my opinion, was not indicative. That was almost a 20-point game. Um, if not for Rob Dillingham coming off the bench and dropping 35, this is a 30-some-odd-point game. And so, yeah, K- Kentucky's got questions. I still think it'll be a quad one win when all is said and done for Florida. A win at Rupp Arena is still a really good victory. I think they would have liked a victory over A&M, even though, you know, it's – it's not going to hurt their case, but it certainly would have helped come um, Selection Sunday. And especially when you have, at one point, a 13-point lead, like you and you did that against Georgia. You lost your big lead, and yep. you've got to be able to, to find a way to hold on to those. But obviously, most Florida fans are going to point out the free-throw shooting, and Todd Golden did too, the head coach, the free-throw shooting disparity. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M has 20 free-throws in the second half. Florida has two. Like, right. That's literally impossible. <laughs> and part so. of that is strategy. I mean, that's just how – they were like, all right, this is how we're going to generate offense. Um, and, and we see it in the women's game a lot where it's like, all right, we're not – our shots aren't falling. We're just going to bully our way to the hoop and hope we get a call on the way there. And, you know, it's it's a strategy. You can't Sometimes fault you do. Them. Right. Florida did not. And especially A&M close. because, like, Buzz coaches those guys to be so physical and they have size. And so, you know, it now, is what it is. since you're impartial, how did you feel about Tyrese Radford getting arrested on Friday and playing on Saturday? Well, um, considering we have a player playing for Illinois who has been accused and not officially charged, but he, you know, well, no, he was, um, what's his name, in Illinois, Terrence Shannon, he was arrested on rape allegations um, and then missed six games and then a court basically, they, they enacted a temporary restraining order because since he wasn't able to play, he isn't able to accrue NIL money, which would be money for his family. And so that's a, you know, denying his basic human rights. Um, so that is why Illinois is reinstated him. So considering we have a guy who was accused yeah. of rape out here playing, um, unfortunately, um, you know, all bets are off, in my opinion. Um, and, and the precedent was set last year, too, with Alabama. Yeah. Hello, Brandon Miller, uh, a company for murder. And, you know, just, all right, keep on playing. And, uh, and Nate Oates, he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, dude. Um, yeah, it's. That was one of the dumber comments. Yeah. I... The way he put up like 26. And like the next was, Radford put up 26 yeah. Yeah. against Florida. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm not saying like I know all the details and he shouldn't have played. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. It just. Right. It's interesting optics yeah. to have the player get into trouble and not have to sit out at least a couple Something. games. Right. Some sort of internal Or the suspension. university. Like, and that's the thing with Terrence yeah. Shannon. But it's A&M. University yeah. doesn't care. Right. Well, but that's the thing. <laughs> what makes like, them more money? Well, so with Terrence Shannon, like what I've heard from so many different analysts nationally is the University of Illinois says that if a student athlete has any sort of allegation against them, especially sexual assault, sexual violence, we are suspending them. That is not an NCAA. That's us Good. because we need to gather more information. Um, and then basically three weeks later, it was like, oh, well, a, a court granted him a temporary restraining order. And it says basic human rights. We got to let him play. So, OK, there you go. Uh, we're we're not going to let him start the first game mm. back. He's going to come off the bench <laughs> and drop 20 some. That's points. a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I don't know. Like, again, and this goes to a larger conversation of what is the NCAA and mm-hmm. right how they're still hanging on, the conversations now between the Big Ten and the SEC, would they break away? And that's not just for football, folks. That would literally be uh, everybody in the Big Ten and the SEC, all sports, just see ya. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a very interesting time in college sports. So that's why with that one, mm-hmm. I just can't say I'm surprised, frankly. Makes sense. We've got our highlights coming up. I wonder if there will be a basketball one in there. Hmm. <laughs> we shall see. Will listening. it be women's basketball? <laughs> will, it, will it involve the University of Iowa? <laughs> you are listening to Moments and Heels, driven by Tyrell on Tenton Excel and 92.5 FM. She said, I've seen you in here before. I said, I've been here a time or two. She said, hello, my name is Bobby Joe. Meet my twin sister, Betty Lou. And we're both feeling kind of wild tonight. You're the only cowboy in this place. And if you're up for a rodeo, Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyra Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. And First Coast Lighting and Fans on 1010XL. I got a few years on me now. Like it just doesn't get but any better than this, does it? Back in my prime, when I could really lay it down. Little Toby Keith for you on this Tuesday night. Well done, JJ. You've played some awesome songs. And certainly hope that uh, somewhere in heaven he's jamming out to everybody listening to his music. He's listening to us right now. just like <laughs> Absolutely. Watching us mouth the words. I... I often wonder, like, if I could really sing, like, could that have been a career path? Because, mm-hmm. man, I sure love it. I feel like you'd be a great performer. I <laughs> <laughs> thank you. The, my, my, like, weird tick that I have when I go see live music is I'm trying to prove to everyone, like, I know all the words, but mm-hmm. that's not enough, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I have to show them that I know all the words before the words are going to be sung. <laughs> so I have to somehow like show like if the word's about to be heart, like mm-hmm. I'm going to show so you that I know here. it's heart or time or crazy, like whatever. <laughs> I am crazy when it comes to this stuff. But that's like a ridiculous thing that I will do is like go ahead and like mime the words as they're about to happen. Like, <laughs> just stop. Just listen to music. But bro, just, like, what is this girl doing? <laughs> I think there have been over the, I've been going to concerts now for like, what is it? 20 plus years. I would guarantee you there are people that have looked at me at concerts and been like, she? <laughs> oh no. Like, and they probably think that I had way too much drink. That's it's what I was about not to say. that. It's that I get so into the music mm-hmm. that I just lose my ever loving mind. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure that there have been friends of mine been with me and been like, I don't know. I'm not her. going to another concert with her. <laughs> also correct. Like, and there was one time, I think I've told you all this story. One time Brian and I went to see Zach Brown Band when they played at Daly's Place. They've been here several times, obviously, but one of the times they played there. And we were kind of in like the back row and. Brian leans over and he's like, I can't hear them singing. <laughs> you are singing so loud that I cannot hear. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm so sorry. That's every video I have from a concert. All you hear is me. <laughs> like, See, I'm not okay. the only one. But at least like, and you're singing knowing that you're the one taking the video. Yeah. Like I hate when other, someone else will like post a video and I've been to the concert and you can hear my voice. I'm like, oh, no. All right. We've got some highlights for you. JJ, take it away. Molly Davis delivers the dagger as Iowa downs Maryland in primetime. Wall Clark drives with the left hand. Nice feet. Stokey. Squirts out. Molly D. Bam. Molly Davis. Give me some. 
Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs perform Fast Car at the Grammys. George Kittle entertains his Bears fandom at the Super Bowl scrum. Please don't ever join the Bears. It's, you know, whatever happens, happens, man. I'm a, I grew up a Bears fan, man. Relax. Wow, this is putting me on the spot. All of Chicago listen to this one. You know, um, let's see. I think what the Bears should do is, personally, I think they should trade back as many picks as they can and build around a guy that they've been trying to build around, give the guys some actual options. We're going to start with the very last one. Taylor, when you first heard George Kittle sing. I love sing, him so much. <laughs> you already love him. And I then do. when you heard that he said that the Bears should trade back yeah. and keep Justin Fields and build around him, like did your like, heart he pop out of your chest? <laughs> he speaks to my soul. I immediately, like I saw it when I pretty much first woke up this morning, like I, as I'm just scrolling and I see it pop up and I immediately send it to Mia and I'm like, I love this man so much. But I think I sent the other one because it was a Packers media guy and the Packers media guy was like, hey, um, can you just do me a favor and never play for the Chicago Bears? And Kittle's kind of like, that's a weird thing to say, first of all. But he was like, well, like I grew up a Bears fan. Like I, I, You never know what's going to happen. I was like, that would make my heart so complete if George Kittle ended up in <laughs> Chicago somehow. But Taylor buried the lead about what happened when she texted me. Oh, yeah. Well, because everybody was texting you. Yeah, so I was on the gym. I was at the, on the treadmill at the gym, and I get off the treadmill. I had three missed texts. I thought all three of them were the George Kittle link. It turns out it was just Taylor and my dad that were sending me the link. <laughs> Talking about George, George Kittle. Kittle. Yes. <laughs> now, if George Kittle played for the Bears, would he jump ahead of Jay Cutler and the love that you have for him? <laughs> That's hard. That's <laughs> I only ask the hard, tough I, I questions. Know. I don't know. I can't compare that because I don't know what it's like to have George Kittle and the Bears. But Jay Cutler will always have a place in my heart. Um, but Kittle might pass it if he was a Bear. Ooh. Well, then we need to work to make that happen just to Close your ears, Jay. Your <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mia, you went with Molly Davis. You've had her on your highlights before. Yes. She wears the headband, and she is the sidekick to Caitlin Clark. Can you say she, that? She's kind of becoming it because, and Kevin will tell you this, he firmly believes, I disagree, mm -hmm. if Caitlin Clark wasn't on the Iowa Hawkeyes, they would not even be a top 25 team. Maybe a tournament team. Mm -hmm. I disagree because I've seen that team over the years with Lisa Bluter. This is how she constructs her team is around players who maybe they're not a star, but they know their role within the system. It is all about sharing the sugar and sharing the basketball and then having a post-up center. Um, that's what's so funny is I don't believe they currently have a post-up center on the roster, akin to Megan Gustafson, who was the National Player of the Year five years ago, or Monica Sonano, who was a second-team All-American last year. And obviously, Caitlin Clark adds a whole other dimension to it. And like that's where like I look at Iowa, and it's so fascinating, because for a coach to say yes, it, it, it's so easy like on the surface, right? Like recruiting, it could be football too. It would be so easy to say, oh yeah, yeah obviously I'm going to take this five-star, but when you're taking a five-star who then you accept is going to take 30 shots potentially per game, you have to encourage it, and that's going to take away shots and the rest of the scheme that you've been running for 20-plus years. Like that, like that sacrifice, I don't mm -hmm. think we really have talked about enough 
in this evolution of the Caitlin effect of what Lisa Bluter has been able to do. I say all that because Molly Davis is, in my opinion, like she is like they call Kate Martin, who's the fifth year or sixth year now senior. Um, she plays more of a wing. She's had to kind of play more of a power forward spot just because they don't have any height. Um, she they call her the glue. But I think Molly has been the unsung hero. Last year, she was the first one off the bench, backup point guard, sixth player. They need scoring to come from somewhere because Uh they don't have Monica, because they don't have a post-up center. And it has come courtesy of Miss Molly, who, who of course, is Kevin's favorite player on the team, not Caitlin Clark. Uh, We met Molly this summer. She is, I think she's listed at 5'7". I don't think she's more than five, six. Mm-hmm. Um, she's awesome. She's got like this lower register voice. She's very like, after she hits that shot, right? Like mm-hmm. biggest shot of the game, all but seals the win for Iowa against Maryland. And she just kind of like shrugs her shoulders and like, like okay. walks off. And then like Caitlin goes up to her and like starts doing like a handshake with her. So she's been wearing the same headband since kindergarten or since something. kindergarten. Her, her dad <laughs> sews it to ensure that the headband stays, which as someone who wore headbands every day from the age of four until the age of 13, um, I empathize with the headband power and the headband game. And so, yeah, we, we love Miss Molly. And I said to Taylor when we were picking it out for the a helmet heel or the, the heel highlight, I said, like, I don't think we also are appreciating that Gus Johnson, one of the preeminent play-by-play guys across all sports, is now calling women's college basketball on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. That's how you know they've arrived. Like yeah. for the sport Fo- has arrived. Yeah. For Fox to say we are allocating our asset to women's college basketball, like I don't care if you love or you hate Gus, that is still such a monumental decision. And like <laughs> people hate Gus. Oh, there's a lot of haters for Gus. Oh. Yeah, there are. And I mean, they are over the top, but it's fun. Right. He's not for everybody. I get that. But like. He also at times, he changed the pronunciation of Hannah Stolke's name like four times on Saturday night. Like mid-game, he all of a sudden he started calling her Skolke, <laughs> then it was Sajolke, and then it went back to Stolke. And I was like, what are we doing here, this? Gus? Like, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but he decided that Molly Davis, for whatever the reason, he started calling her Molly D. And so he'd be like, Molly D, like Maserati Mar. And you're just like, <laughs> just like gives nicknames to people. Right. And it's just, I, honestly, I was like, you know, we are blessed that like, you know, and I, as someone who follows that team, I'm like, I'm so lucky that like, A, they are who they are. And B, that Gus Johnson is calling them. So. I saw a video of, I don't know which game it was, but it was before one of the games where the line to get into the building to like watch Caitlin Clark was, I mean, wrapped around the entire building and people had been there for hours waiting to get in to watch Caitlin Clark. I don't follow the WNBA whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but I saw the whole Steph Curry, Sabrina Ionescu, they're going to have a three-point shooting contest. Mm -hmm. When Caitlin Clark enters the WNBA, will she be better than Sabrina Ionescu? Yes, um, which RJ was discussing with me before he left after the Frangie show. Cheryl Swoops came under some fire because on a podcast – she all but said, like, Caitlin's not going to do what she's doing right now, the WNBA. Like, she'll be good, but she's not going to be this good. Which, I mean, she has a point. Like, I don't think Caitlin's going to average 35 points a game sure. just because the players that she's going up against are older and stronger and more savvy. Sure, but, like, people didn't think she was going to average 35 a game in the college level. I mean, she came out on Saturday night and hit the first four threes. She had 14 points in the first five minutes. Like, you just blink and, like, here she is. Like, this is just what she does. Um, so and she's close to the scoring record. Yes. I think yeah. a lot of people who yeah. even don't watch women's basketball have been at least paying attention to that. 68 points away from Kelsey Plum's record. I thought Kelsey Plum's comments after um, Saturday were awesome, especially because the Cheryl Swoop stuff was really going live or, you know, lit, I guess you could say, and viral. Viral, yeah. Um, so Kelsey said, um, essentially, I'm actually very grateful to pass 
that baton. I'm very happy for her. And she talked about how the pressure to get the record for her, like everybody wanted to talk about it. It was closing in on it. And she felt, and again, she's like, this is from afar. Like I've texted with Caitlin, but like, I don't know her. Like, she's like, I feel like she, like for her, it's just like, okay, this is the next step. But like for Kelsey Plum, she like felt like it was a very dark period of her life because there was so much pressure on her to like pass this record. And, and so it was interesting um, hearing her comments because like, Caitlin's just, you know, it's just another day in the park for Caitlin, which is like still kind of weird to wrap your head around. But yes, um, a huge, huge success on Saturday night. And I brought it up during crosstalk with Hayes and Frank. Look, I understand my bias. I'm sure there's plenty of you in the last six minutes who have rolled your eyes at this conversation. <laughs> They're like, more Iowa. Right. But <laughs> the reality is Fox Sports had its highest rated women's college hoops game in history. On Saturday, Iowa, Maryland, over 1.5 million viewers. Fox also dedicated its entire TikTok to the Caitlin cam, mm-hmm. and that had almost a million views, at over 800,000 views, where there was a camera just on Caitlin, and there were 800,000 people watching it on TikTok, which I don't remember a time that they've done that in the NBA or the no. NFL. Like, that's where, when I say this is so much bigger than women's college basketball, it's bigger than an Iowa fan. Like, this is like a level we have not seen in college sports. Yeah. Like maybe like Zion or Tim Tebow, but not especially not on the women's side. I can't think of a, a female athlete that we've seen it like this. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, there are times where there's been a swimmer here or a gymnast there, right? And like obviously Olivia Dunn last year became super popular mm-hmm. and it had very little to do with her Correct. LSU actual gymnastics and had everything to do with the NIL deal yeah. uh, that she signed with Viore and she's still every time you turn on the TV you're going to see a Viore commercial with her on the beach and good for her but yeah I don't well I also feel like the access we have now is so much There's more than what for it was sure. even five years ago but you know 10-15 years ago especially so and I feel like so we'll, we'll probably see more and more of this and, and not saying that love. we're going to see Caitlin Clark's constantly but you're going, you have this access to people now where you can put a camera and like just literally watch Caitlin Clark if you want. That wasn't an option for a long time of being able to have that accessibility. And she's making money. Yeah. I mean, she's making well over a million dollars. She's on State Farm commercials. Like, I mean, think, think about it. State Farm commercials right now are Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Like, like wrap your brain around that for a second. Just chew on that because that is just mind numbing mm-hmm. that that's the world we live in. But that's where NIL is such a powerful tool. And, she, you know, it's not like Nike and Gatorade are going to drop her when she goes to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think for the W, this is like they got it. They got to handle this transition right. And I think the next big hurdle, too, and Gus actually brought it up in the final minutes of the broadcast USA Basketball has a question that they have not had to ask since Christian Leitner in the early 90s. Will they let Caitlin Clark be a part of the Olympic team this summer? That's a big question for the NCAA and for USA Basketball because there will have to be certain exceptions made even if she declares and she's drafted by the Indiana Fever Mm -hmm. because technically when pool play starts, she would still be a college student. So I think it's like that's going to be a fascinating question too. So it's not like she's going away. Sorry, America. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My highlight was the song Fast Car performed by Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs at the Grammys on Sunday night. And for someone who grew up a big fan of Tracy Chapman, Mm to then not see her perform really at all live recently and then to have Luke Combs who covered the song not too long ago and 
he told the story. It's been his favorite song since he was a child. And so, of course, he went to Tracy Chapman, got permission to cover the song. And that song took off. Yeah. But it's done so much for the resurgence of Tracy Chapman. And so the performance, so I'm sure good. most people have seen it by now. Uh, I was, I knew that he was going to be performing. I have not watched the Grammys and I can't tell you how long. Like, mm -hmm. probably over 10 years, maybe even longer. Because nowadays you can just go back and watch highlights yeah. and you don't have to See worry about it. See the best parts. Yeah, but <laughs> I knew he was performing live with her and so locked in Sunday and it was fairly early in the show. And it was amazing. Yeah, and so then good. I probably have watched it at least 10 times <laughs> since then. I heard even Frank say he's a Luke Combs fan now. Yes, from that performance. Yeah, from, like, yeah, he really liked the way that he handled everything. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend to go back uh, and watch it. And I mean, I watched the majority of the show, and so I watched artists that I'm not necessarily fans of, mm -hmm. but it's still fun like to see them have the creativity that they have. Like there was one, I think it was Dua Lipa, during her performance, she had like blood because it was a very haunting song. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, it was really interesting. And then they did, someone did, was it Fantasia who did yeah. a tribute to, um, uh, Tina What's Turner, Tina Turner, proud Mary. Um, yeah, and that was really fun to see too. So it was, it was all really good. And Stevie Wonder did a tribute to Tony Bennett. That was also, it was just the whole thing was really. Good. Didn't realize it's the first time a certain someone has released new songs in thirty years. Did you guys not see this with Billy Joel? Oh, Billy no. Joel's final. Apparently, yeah. that was the first original song he's released in thirty years. Wow! Why would you release a new song when your <laughs> old songs make so much <laughs> yeah. money? Also that, yeah. Which then he but went yeah. back to the oldies at the end. So yeah, and. It, I think it was surprising to me to find out that Billy Joel hadn't performed there in 22 years. Like, that was just wild. Uh, all right, we've got one segment to go here on Homeless Hills, driven by Tarotlet on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Somebody's been abused. Somebody blew up a building. Somebody stole a car. Somebody got away. Somebody didn't get too far. Yeah. Helmets and Heels on 1010XL, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers and First Coast Lighting and Fans. A man had to answer for all the wicked that he done. Take all the rope in Texas, find a tall old tree, round up all of them bad boys, hang them high in the street. Well done all night, JJ, on Toby Keith music. This would be, of course, Beer for My Horses, the collaboration between Toby Keith and Willie Nelson. It's been so much fun listening to him all day today and certainly will continue to do so as we pay tribute to Toby Keith, who passed away last night at the age of 62 after battling stomach cancer. Uh, in much lighter news, this is hilarious on Twitter that I just saw. So at I'm assuming they're at the Super Bowl, but Boomer and Geo, a radio show on CBS Sports, booked the wrong Randy Moss what? for the radio appearance. And Randy Moss quote tweeted it and said, someone got Moss. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a big Randy Moss fan, uh -huh. and I also love You Got Moss, so yeah. that really just combined a lot of things uh, for me. And so apparently, for those of you, because I immediately searched it, the Randy Moss that they did book <laughs> – is a horse racing and equestrian play-by-play -play guy. Ah, well, that's an important person to have on your radio show Super Bowl week. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky Derby I'm week. Yeah. He was probably like, wow, I can't believe they want me. I know, <laughs> but I'd be honored, Boomer yeah. and Geo, Boomer Esiason and whoever Geo is. Uh, but yeah, I find that fantastic. I'm guessing the producer booked the wrong one and whoops, someone got Moss, like Randy Moss said. Uh, Mia, you have a shout out. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Erin and our friends at Fourth and Gold, that kickball tournament we were promoting yes. a few weeks ago. They officially raised 
$24,553 for, child's, yeah. for children's cancer research. So very exciting. Even more exciting, their second annual dodgeball tournament is coming in May to Ooh. JU. And okay. so that'll be on Saturday, May 18th at JU. Games start at 10 a.m. Double elim- elimination tournament, six-person teams. Registration is going to be opening soon. Raffles, silent auction, giveaways, all that good stuff. And, of course, all the info at fourthandgold.org. I wonder That's who won the kickball tournament. I didn't see. She sent me videos and photos, but I didn't see who the winner was. It was a well, so. huge turnout. Yeah, yeah over I saw 22 teams, yeah. which is the most they've ever had. Um, and so, yeah, obviously bigger and better. And I said to Erin, you know, I'm like, well, all right, if we give the 1010 staff a little bit more of a heads up, yes. maybe we can start getting a team together. <laughs> but then I noted that, you know, we did our Pro Bowl skills challenge oh, last yeah. week. And uh, it, it was just interesting. Like some hosts I know obviously have sales conflicts, mm-hmm. but then some I'm like, you know, like we're not going to be asking you to, you know, like run a marathon like yeah. like old Molly McDonald did over the weekend. And it's like, no, I don't want to run around. <laughs> and so, you know, but then, of course, when we say, hey, do you want to cook and eat for a cook off? It's like, oh, everybody's in I'm there. So a lot of fun. Maybe we should do bowling. Like, I feel like I could see that that would be competitive, but yeah. some people wouldn't break a sweat. There would also be there would also be beer involved. And there so would also that be would beverages. get a couple yeah. people to join. Yes, I think that's a good idea. I like then, that. I mean, I'm somebody that I'm a terrible bowler. Like if you gave me the bumpers, that'd be oh my convenient. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I am. I also haven't been bowling in forever. I haven't been in a while. So, yeah, I have a trivia question for you all and you oh. may easily Ooh. know the answer. Do you know why the Super Bowl uses Roman numerals? I do not, actually. No. I was curious because I feel like it takes a lot of us uh, sometimes a second, especially yes. the, the higher these numbers get. Like, <laughs> okay, what which exactly like, one was that? Uh, and five, here's the ten. answer. It's because the year of the season and the year that the Super Bowl is played in are two different Different years. So they wanted to use Roman numerals to establish that, like, for instance, this year's 58. It's Super Bowl 58. It's the 2023 season, but the Super Bowl is played in 2024, so Mm -hmm. they don't want a year attached to it. Interesting. They just wanted the, yeah, so they started obviously with one. A number. And then, yeah, but they used Roman numerals for that reason. But why not just use number 58? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure on that part. I want to make us think about it. (laughs) Um, Also, Aaron just texted me, pitch pitch please uh, for Pete at the fourth and gold kickball tournament. And by the way, a bowling. For Pete? They must be really good. Yeah, and uh, a bowling tournament in the works for this summer, Lauren. See, I'm clairvoyant in that <laughs> regard. Uh, yeah, I think we, I think 1010XL would be really good bowlers. I think so. Not the best athletes. Yeah. We talk about athletes well, but we're not necessarily we roll the, best the ball athletes, down the lane. Do that and absolutely. drink beer. We've got that here. Yeah, I, like each show could be a team. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah I, I like see it. that. Yeah. And Mia, you get to choose Taylor and I or XL Prime. Yeah. I'm, although I just told I was you gonna I was going to say, I think JJ's <laughs> got to choose then too. So. Yeah, I have a feeling I know where JJ's going. He's going with Leon. Say that again? For bowling, if we did bowling. If you had to pick, would you be on Team Helmets and Heels or Team XL Primetime when it comes to bowling? Um, yeah, Leon's got a, a pretty powerful See, arm, I'm assuming. That's, that's my Matt guess. Matt and Joe, I don't know about. They both would be on the injured <laughs> you, list. I would, Yeah, they might be. But I feel like Joe would be a really good bowler. I don't know. I, I feel like I've never walk. seen. Jo- yeah, no, he can't walk right now. He literally can't walk right now. But he's, once he's healed, I feel like probably he's, will he, he ever be healed? He is frequent at a bowling alley once yeah. or twice. That's my guess. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not bad. I can. It's. 
I can aim pretty well and it stays straight. My problem is it's so slow. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can make it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're focusing on the, the direction yeah, of the where ball. it goes. I will say, so one time I went bowling and I went to get my ball. This was like halfway through. And my pants split. Like oh. literally like split Uh-oh. to the point where I was, yeah, revealing some things. And so then I had to go to my car and get like, I had a dress in the car. So then I was bowling in a dress (laughs) and the bowling shoes and I looked ridiculous. And that's probably the last time I went bowling. Uh, Quickly, I will tell you about Florida gymnastics since I know you all care so much. Uh, So Florida lost the prior week at at home to Alabama, who at the time was ranked sixth in the country. Florida was ranked eighth. And now Florida is ranked sixth after winning this past weekend on the road at Georgia. And even though... Florida has not had an entire meet where everyone has done well. In fact, this meet, one of their best gymnasts, Leanne Wong, had a fall on beam. It's not technically categorized as a fall. She didn't fall off the beam, but she fell getting onto the beam, uh, which is a problem. You can get injured that way. So either way, she's fine, hopefully. Uh, But either way, Florida still has a ways to go to put the whole meet together. But the good news is Florida still won against a top 25 ranked team on the road. You're certainly your rival in Georgia. And they had a completely different lineup than they've been using, too, which means they're getting some of their gymnasts rest, which mm-hmm. is important. So Florida uh, this week is 7-15, and now I'm already forgetting who the team is. It is Arkansas. That's right. They're not ranked. So it's a little bit easier of a meet for Florida. Mm-hmm. And the place, if you've never watched Florida gymnastics in Gainesville, so much fun. They are always sold out meets and uh, yeah, really. Where do you watch? Really where do you watch it? Like at home? It's on yeah. SEC net. Like, Usually it's network on. Plus. So it's been on ESPN two. Okay. It's been on SEC or sometimes it's SEC network. Yeah. And then that's what they call Friday night heights. And okay. they'll put two, sometimes three meets um, all on SEC network. Okay. And, and it's gotten to me point about women's basketball. I think gymnastics has grown exponentially in the last five, ten years mm-hmm. as far as people paying way more attention. And maybe that's because of the the SEC Network connection. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because with social media, you can easily get attached to different teams or routines, things mm-hmm. like that. Like a couple of years ago, the I forget her name, but the UCLA gymnast had this amazing floor routine and she got tens almost every single time. And people just started to watch literally just for her. Yeah. And so, yeah, Florida doesn't have a 10, I don't think, to this point in the season, whereas last year they had already had racked up multiple 10s. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun to see my favorite gymnast from last year in the past few years is Trinity Thomas, yep. and mm-hmm. now she's an assistant coach for Florida. So oh. you get to see her, GA. You get to see her, uh, it's not the sidelines, but mm-hmm. at the meets, yeah. supporting the other gymnasts, and it's super fun. What I think with gymnastics is so interesting is akin to swimming, like the – amateur versus college mm-hmm. status since we have another Olympic cycle coming up. Right. Like how many gymnasts have had to withdraw from college gymnastics? Yeah, because yeah Florida has someone, Kayla yeah. DiCello, who's right. really good at bars and beam, and she's not participating this season because of the Olympics. Just to try to make she the Olympic to, team. Yeah. Like yeah. not. I don't know if she was even guaranteed a spot yet. No, but I think she'll get a spot. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy. Like, again, sorry to go on a second NCAA rant of the show, but like <laughs> – how archaic of a system yeah. is that? Let's ask Rick Ballou about it. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. What say you, Rick? Mm. The NCAA? Antiquated system? They're awful. I mean, they, they were asked to govern it, you know, 
whatever it was, 60, 70 years ago. And it, it feels like they've really never gotten anything right. And I remember Miles Bram was the classic. Miles Bram looked like he was about ready to fall into the coffin when he was about 30 years of age. And he's, oh, this has been an exhaustive interview process and an exhaustive investigation. And they've always cried that they're understaffed and they're, they're underfunded. But they were given the responsibility of governing, uh, you know, being the, uh, the police and everything around um, collegiate athletics. And how many good things have they really done? I mean, honestly. Created the NCAA basketball tournament. That's yeah. literally about yeah. it. Uh, I mean, Florida State, Florida, Miami have all gotten hit. But w- what good came out of it? What good came out of the death penalty for SMU? What good is it when you take... Reggie Bush's um, Heisman. Well, when you take the banners down at UMass, when John Calipari wins with Marcus Camby and Lou Rowe, you take the banners down at Michigan because of the Ed Martin story and you know Chris Weber and Juwan Howard. You take wins away from Paterno or Bowden or... Or you take wins away from uh, uh, Jim Beheim. What what does it really do? Nothing. You know what I mean. My my whole approach has always been penalize, but make it um, in a way that it doesn't necessarily take away the legacy of of what you went out and did because it'll never erase the moment. Do you think those Michigan that Fab Five and everything they did? Do you think they're like, oh, that thing was tainted now? It doesn't mean anything. It didn't take away from the memory. The Reggie Bush mm-hmm. Heisman, that take away from that. So you can't go back and penalize that way. And then on the flip side, you want to go to school there. Do you penalize? How, how, how crazy is it that you can have a coach go sideways, ruin things for the school, but now the new coach and the players come in, yet they have to be penalized? Yep. So I've, I've never understood it. I, I always thought the best way to go about it was what works the most, and that's what happens in professional athletics. Find them. Mm-hmm. Go after them, financially speaking. And let everything else sit as is. That's that's my look at him. Yeah, I think that's well said. We need a commissioner. We do need a yeah. commissioner, and, and we need a especially with the you know the the new Big app Ken. that's coming out. I oh mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the voice that they're going to have for those two conferences yeah. is just phenomenal. If you're in the SEC and the Big Ten, I mean, you're going to end up getting every single one of these at large teams. If you don't win your conference in the Big Twelve or the ACC, I almost said the Pac Twelve. That's gone. You can't be 11 and 1 and be in an at large team. You're going to have 9 and 3 at large teams from the SEC and Big Ten get in because of all these mouthpieces. They're going to be yelling it and screaming it. And I think it has an effect. Absolutely. Rick, what's coming up tonight? We got a lot of good stuff tonight. I'm really looking forward to the show. I got quite a few things that that I do want to get off my chest. We'll have some fun topics tonight, but but I want to get into owning it a little bit. And, you know, we all get it wrong. Okay, I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago that Dave Huxtable um, and I, you know, from an impeccable source is supposed to join this staff. That was during the Belichick, um, the Belichick um, flirtation with Atlanta. Still don't know if he's coming or not, um, but my source is, is absolutely spectacular. If I'm wrong, I'm not going to try to hide from it. I'm going to own it, Okay. We see too many people now when they get things wrong in life and they get things wrong in sports, they hate to admit it and they'll go leaps and bounds and out of their way to try to be like, oh no, well this happened, that happened, I was right. Why are we so hard to say I'm wrong? And in the, you know, in the world of Dr. Herbie, he won't let this go. He's the one who keeps bringing this stuff up on Twitter mm-hmm. and then he's wondering why there's such a backlash. I, JJ 
can contest. So the shot, I can't remember the last time I mentioned anything about Florida State getting snubbed or getting left out. That, that's gone. Herb Street keeps bringing it up. Why doesn't he just own it? I mean, half the people agreed with him. Maybe more than half the people agreed with him. Why not just stick by it and, and live with it? But obviously, this is a self-inflicted wound that, is, that has really gotten to him because he keeps trying to fight people. Those people aren't going to come back. So that's just one example. But I, th- I think we'll have a little bit of fun getting into that. Too. More NCAA slander. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Should be All a good, right. should be a, uh, and, and this new app is nuts too. I mean, my goodness. It's, I feel like JJ and I were one night ahead of it because we were actually talking about this yesterday. We were talking about what we thought TV or what streaming would actually be like in 10 years. And sure enough, a day later, this story popped up. So. Pretty crazy. Which the odd man out, interestingly enough, in case you missed it, what Rick is referring to is we're going to see ESPN, HBO, and Fox all come together. Turner, HBO, yes, to all come together. One app. You'll get all of them. So the odd men left out are Amazon Prime, which I think they're doing A-OK on their own, Mm -hmm. outside of maybe having a 24-hour channel. And NBC is the other one left on an island, which that's who the Big Ten, they have a relationship, obviously, with Fox. The Big Ten Network is through Fox. But the rest of their games, their agreement is with NBC. And so that's the one that I think is interesting. They got left on an island. I I just don't know if people are going to sit at home and watch TV anymore. You you see that stupid commercial that's out, like, watching football and going to the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way. Football and the grocery (laughs) It's literally going to be. Instead of just, like, hovering around the couch and sitting down for three, three and a half hours, it's going to be. You know, we'll go shopping. We'll take. You know, we'll do whatever it is. And, but we're just going to stream the game no matter where we are. And I, I think that's the way things are going to go here. I've done that for years. <laughs> right? Thanks, Rick. And now I guess I've got, I'm late to the party. Now I've got that song stuck in my head: football in the, the grocery store. store. <laughs> All right, for JJ Lasalva, excellent job all night playing the Toby Keith, and great job in general. For me, O'Brien, for Taylor Dahl, and Lauren Brooks. Don't go anywhere. Into the night with Rick Blue comes up next.